welcome to the Accelerator Podcast, covering the church and church planning in the South. Accelerator is a resource of the 242 Network, the church planning arm of the Mississippi Baptist Convention. The 242 Network exists to assess, train, and support church planners. In each podcast, we will interview church planners and pastors around the South to gain knowledge and insight into ministry to further God's kingdom and church. And now, with your host, Ryan Tillman, we welcome you to the Accelerator Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Accelerator Podcast of the 242 Network. Brian Tillman here, and I know it's been a couple of weeks since we've had an episode. Took a little vacay down to the beach and spent about 47 minutes there last week, but I did take some time to chase a few birdies and bogeys out on the golf course, and I'm back in the sound booth on the back 40 of Podcast World with another great episode on church ministry and church planting. The 242 Network loves all things in the church world. We seek to leverage our resources, experience, our relationships in a disengaged culture to multiply healthy churches. Thanks for tuning in, and please take a moment to like and rate the show, whether on iTunes or Radio Public for all you Android listeners. Today, we have a great friend of mine on the podcast, Mr. Jay Lemons. Jay is on staff at Faith Baptist Church in Bartlett, Tennessee, where he's the missions pastor. And in this episode, Jay speaks about some awesome nuts and bolts in the area of ministry teams, mission partnerships, a discipleship process that's going on there at Faith and missional engagement. Without further ado, here is my interview with Jay Lemons. As we introduced, uh, Mr. Jay Lemons is with us today. Jay serves on staff at Faith Baptist in Bartlett, Tennessee. Jay, welcome to the Accelerator Podcast. Man, thank you so much. So good to be with you. So good to spend some time with you guys today. Yeah, well, um, great to have you today. Uh, for our listeners, Jay, will you uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, position that you hold at Faith, your family, and uh, maybe even how you got to Faith? Okay, so uh, Jay Lemons, um, one wife, three kids, married to Amanda for 17 years. I uh, got three kids, Karis, Braden, and Lucy. Um, it's hard to believe Karis is just about to be driving. She'll get her, her license in October. Come on. Uh, so she's almost 16. Braden is uh, almost 14. He'll be 14 next week. And Lucy just turned 11. And uh, man, our, our kids are growing up so fast, so fast. Um, but yeah, I have the privilege to serve as missions pastor at Faith Baptist Church here in Bartlett, Tennessee. And uh, I've been on staff here for a little over two years, about two and a half years now. So I have responsibilities, uh, local, national, international, uh, church planting and orphan care for our missions team here at Faith. And I've got a fantastic team that I work beside here at Faith. Who uh, We've got some folks who oversee each of those individual areas. Um, as far as how I got to, got to Faith, um, uh, Many years ago, I guess, goodness, starting back in, you know, early, uh, well, mid-2000s or so, served with the Extended Missions Network down in DeSoto and Tate County. Uh, that's so where I, I picked up. you up. That's yeah. where I learned who yeah. Jay Lemons was. Yeah, that's right. And I uh, had the opportunity to uh, just be a lay family with Brian and, and Paige and their team in Riverbend Church. And uh, I'll never forget uh, that first Bible study starting in, in the living room there. And we were excited to see who was going to come. And, you know, how old is Riverbend now? Riverbend is 13 and a half years old. 13 years old. Wow. Yeah. Praise God, man. Woo. Praise God. So uh, served as director of missions for a while uh, down with the Extended Missions Network. Had the opportunity to just help out those churches down there and missions and uh, mobilization. And uh, then my wife and my wife and I and family transitioned to Central Asia for a number of years, 
and uh, had a, a wonderful time there. We, we were with the IMB and uh, we were doing church planting and discipleship in Central Asia and then felt like the Lord was calling us back and God opened the door for us to serve at faith. And so two and a half years later, here we are. Uh, Jay, tell our, our listeners uh, about uh, Faith Baptist in Bartlett, maybe the uh, size, uh, some yeah. of the configurations of, of faith, because uh, they may not know or be familiar with, uh, yeah. with what happens there at Faith Baptist. So, uh, so Faith is, is, is about 27 years old. Um, it, it, in a sense, was a church plant 27 years, years ago, and uh, for many years, uh, we met in a gymnasium type building. We built uh, faith membership at that time, purchased a piece of property out here in Bartlett. And when they purchased it, it was, you know, way out in the sticks. And um, it's in the middle of town now. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But uh, uh, faith, the church met in that building for goodness, probably I'm, I'm guessing here. I, this was long before my time. Uh, 15 years ago or so, and God just uh, really blessed this church, and it just continued to grow and continued to grow, and uh, it was, this church has basically had one pastor, uh, Dr. Danny Sinkfield, and um, through his leadership and just oversight of the church, his love for the church, the church has just really grown. Uh, as far as, as far as our church, we're, um, we, we run roughly 12 to 1300 on a typical Sunday morning. Now COVID is, is crazy times. Oh yeah. Uh, so we've, we have kind of transitioned to some online services as well as we've just actually started opening back up uh, one service on Sunday morning, Sunday morning, but we have connection classes or Sunday school classes. Um, of course we do all of like the age graded ministry students, uh, kids ministry, those kind of things. So, yeah. So, uh, outside of COVID, uh, prior to and possibly once everything gets back to whatever normal is going to be, what would an average week look like for a family uh, with a kid, with one in students, kind of look like if they were members of Faith Baptist Church? So, uh, so our kids, we have a lot, a lot of a lot of our programs take place on Wednesday night. So we, we, we do the uh, traditional um, RAs and GAs. We have our students meet uh, on Wednesdays also. Um, we also have a, a large group Bible study, say on Wednesdays that Brother Danny teaches. And uh, that's usually about an hour, hour and a half or so that folks are on campus. We also have uh, a men's ministry that meets off campus right now, and they have a, a great group that come out come out to one of our uh, off-site properties, and then our women. Uh, we also have women's ministry that has Bible studies on Wednesday, Sunday on a on a typical Sunday we'll have two services and three connection classes in the morning. So we'll have uh, three different sessions. So eight nine. 915 I think it is and then 11 connection class and then we have two services one, one of those services is at uh, 915 and then the other is at 11 and our uh, our first service at 915 is more of a blended type service mm -hmm. and then our second service is kind of more of a contemporary style service uh, Sunday nights are um, brother Danny teaching in the big room and uh, one of the things that, that we have learned is that uh, small groups work really well here in our area, especially for our folks, uh, especially in the area of our students. And so our students on Sunday nights, they meet off campus in homes. And uh, our students absolutely love small groups on Sunday nights. So that's, that's kind of a, a typical week. Now you do have your smattering of, you know, uh, recreation programs and that kind of thing that take place throughout the week. So that's, that's kind of a typical week. So before we uh, dive into the uh, kind of questions that I've got for Jay, I want to just take a uh, brief moment. Let's pause right here and we'll hear from one of our friends in the podcast world. <laughs> 
Let me take a few seconds and encourage you all to listen to another podcast called The Imperfect Church Podcast. The host, John and Ryan, tackle all kinds of things in ministry, and they do it with a great deal of fun. Check them out over at The Imperfect Church Podcast on iTunes. All right, coming back to you, uh, Jay Lemons, missions pastor at Faith Baptist in Bartlett, Tennessee. Uh, Jay, here is um, my first real tough question for Uh you on our interview and on the podcast today. Um, You are over missions and uh, there that's happening with with Faith Baptist. You talked about uh, you, you had those responsibilities locally all the way through internationally. Uh, how do you um, work with partners, partnerships? How do you, have you created some partnerships? And uh, what are some, th- some of those things that uh, go into decisions of, hey, if we're going to partner here locally with somebody, mm-hmm. all the way up to, hey, we're partnering uh, globally with this individual yeah. or with this group? Yeah, that's a good question. So um, when, I, when I came on staff about two and a half years ago, there were quite a few partnerships that were already in place, uh, locally, nationally, and internationally. Um, what I've tried to do is that I've tried to bring um, just almost like a filtering process into some of our partnerships. And we wanna make sure that uh, all of our partners are in line with us theologically, okay. uh, also to an extent methodologically. Um, in other words, how, how are they planting churches? How are they sharing the gospel? Do they believe like we do? And honestly, Brian, you know, a lot of a lot of those things, a lot of our relationships flows along relational lines. So we have a lot of people that come through Memphis. Uh, they'll stay for a little while, whether it be through the seminary. Um, and uh, a lot of times, if they're at Mid America, which is a seminary here in Memphis, um, sometimes they will attend our church for a season. And if that's the case, it gives us a great opportunity to get to know them. Uh, for example, there's, there's a, a dear brother and his family who are here right now, and they're from Indonesia. And he, he is uh, getting his PhD from Mid-America. And um, so it's, it's given me a great opportunity just to get to know him a little bit more, uh, get to know his heart, get to know his heart for church planting and evangelism, training pastors. And so kind of as, as I see opportunities like that, especially with international, international work, um, we really try and spend a lot of time with the folks on the front end. Uh, I've also developed kind of a, a framework for our partnerships, what, what I call, uh, it's certainly not original or new, level one, level two, and level three. Oh, Jay Lemon's getting creative. Watch <laughs> out. Creative. That's right. But, um, but each level of partnership, basically, it determines our, it, it, it explains our level of partnership with them. So our level one partners, I would say, are our more significant partners, um, significant as far as financial investment, as far as communication on our end and expectation uh, on them from our end. Um, a lot of times our level one partners are the ones that um, we'll send teams to throughout the year. So whether it be Brazil or places in Central Asia, or sometimes those level one partners can be an organization. And so we'll, we'll do our best to help come alongside the, come alongside the organization and possibly uh, send some folks on the teams. Uh, we'll, we'll have level two partners, which, is we give a little bit less uh, financially. And typically what we do for our level two partners is that we'll have a three to five year agreement for them. Um, and uh, almost sign like a covenant. You know, our, our covenant is to do, our covenant as a church is to do X, Y, and Z. And we're gonna do the best of our ability to fulfill that covenant. And then we would request them to do certain things as well. And again, that's typically for a three to five year um, time frame. It's not because we don't, we don't like anybody or anything like that. We, I have just really found 
that it's, it's really helpful to have an on-ramp and an off-ramp in a partnership and to have that clearly defined up front. Um, and, and that goes for church planting as well. And so we support several church plants, especially NAM-supported church plants. So we're, we're partnered with uh, three or four different church plants right now uh, that, are, that are NAM church plants in Sin Cities. And we have a three to five year agreement with with those guys. Awesome. Um, awesome. And I, I'm not uh, I'm not making all these decisions on my own. I also have a, a team that I work with. I have a team of six to seven men and women uh, here from faith who who love missions, who love the work. And so, you know, th these are my guys that I'll bounce ideas off of. If we have request financial requests come in, I'll bounce that off them as well. But for us, it's really important that they line up with our church theologically, uh, as well as the methods that they use. So, so, so uh, let me ask two questions coming off of off of that uh, one answer that that you gave. Um, something that I want this podcast to uh, to do is to kind of be some nuts and bolts, or to have some nuts and bolts of here are some practical things that are happening at this church or in this ministry that I think you can put into practice in one way, shape, form, or fashion in your context and in your ministry. Uh, you said two things there, uh, level one and level two partners that, that you're having um, ongoing conversations about a, a covenant length of time. But, right. uh, but mainly what uh, piqued my interest in that with the level one and the level two, how do, you keep, how do you keep them in front of your folks at Faith Baptist? <laughs> how, yeah. how, is, uh, how does the 12 to 1,500 people on an average Sunday remember what's going on with the whatever family right. in Timbuktu? Right, and that, and that is part of the challenge. Um, you know, so there's several things that I do, and, uh, you know, communication is one of those things. Uh, it seems like you just, you got to keep doing it over and over and over. Um, yeah. Constantly having um, our partners in front of our people, whether it be on Sunday mornings uh, or in their connection classes or Sunday school classes, letting them rub elbows together. So there's a couple of things that, that, we have done some of the things actually were started before I was here. So several of our partnerships, uh, especially our level one partnerships, they have long standing relationships within our church already. Okay. And so there is, there's two particular families in Brazil that we work with and we've been partners with these guys for 15 plus years. And so there are, several connection classes, they, they really love these families. Our, our church really loves these families, yep. but especially these connection classes. So much so that um, one, of, one of these families who lives in Brazil, their daughter is living here in Memphis uh, and going to the University of Memphis. And so, you know, so the, the classes are in good communication, once a month, maybe twice a month, uh, with our partners. Uh, I also try and do a good job in communicating with our connection classes about some of the prayer requests that they have. Um, a lot of times what I'll do is that I'll encourage our partners overseas or locally or nationally, church planters as well, uh, to send video updates. And so then we'll, I'll send out things, whether it be online, uh, our church actually has a Facebook page, uh, um, Faith Baptist Bartlett Missions, I believe is, is the page. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'll post video updates on that. Uh, I'm not the greatest social media, you know, person when, as far as like the discipline of updating often. But I found that it's a really good tool for our folks to stay updated just as far as our partners go. Another thing that, that we try and do is... Uh, just about every Sunday in our in our services, we have a time during the offertory. Uh, you know, we're we're a typical Southern Baptist church, and before COVID, we were we would you know pass the plate uh, 
We don't pass the plate anymore. But we, ha we do have that designated time during our services where we have a video and uh, our media team does a great job in crafting different videos that I'll encourage our fellowship to watch, our church to watch. So uh, this week we're actually spotlighting um, uh, some partners from Indonesia. And so for example, right, uh, we have recently given some money uh, to help this particular seminary in Indonesia buy food for their students because of the COVID crisis. Okay. Well, if it weren't for social media or, you know, our folks coming on Sunday morning, they probably wouldn't know about this. So we're trying, we've developed, a, or we're, we're developing a video and uh, this will just kind of show what, what their funds have gone towards, uh, almost like a thank you video for them. Cool. Uh, for our cool. church folks to see. So those are a couple of, couple of things we can do or that we have done another big one. And I don't think there's, there is any substitute for this is having our partners to, to come to our church at some point in time or another yeah. and give our congregation time to get to know them, let them speak in the services. Sometimes we'll do like a platform interview, um, maybe a Q and a after the time. We'll sometimes we'll do a dinner for, uh, the missionary and his family and just let our folks come and spend time with them, get to know them. So those are a couple of, couple of things that we do. That, that is, uh, that's good in the nuts and bolts area for sure. Um, know that our listeners can kind of glean from that. Uh, the second thing on that question or, or from that answer was, Hey, I, I heard you say, I love to see a clear on ramp and a clear off ramp with a second level partnership and i think that's so vital because you want to you want to do well with the relationship and you want them to like you at the end of the relationship and you like them at the end of the relationship are there any just thoughts that over the last two and a half years as you've seen trying to set up some of these on ramps and off ramps of hey here's one thing that i learned from this you don't have to get specific if it was good, bad, or ugly with the partner, whoever yeah. that person or, or item might be. But hey, here's right. something that going forward, I know that I'm going to put this in on that covenant side. Yeah. So um, I would say that there's a couple of things. And, and we do on-ramps and off-ramps for level one and level two. Level okay. three is just kind of, uh, uh, we'll help support a little bit, but you know, we don't have any long-standing relationship. So like, like level three would be, uh, Hey, we'll help river bend, even though you're a 13 year old church plant, we'll help you one time. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. okay. Um, so, <laughs> so I'll say for on ramps before, uh, before you ever get started, I think having good, clear, a good, clear understanding a dialogue, very open dialogue about what our church can do, how our church may be able to help uh -huh. and how we can't help. Um, you know, anytime you're working with, I would say it's more towards our international brothers and sisters, especially if they're, if they're from the countries that you're wanting to work in, whether it be Africa or India. Yeah. Um, it's very good that they have other partnerships and they don't rely solely on your church. Okay. Um, and, so, and so, you know, encouraging them from the beginning, hey, we can help you out with X amount of X amount of money. Typically what we do is that we spread it out over, over a year um, and just tell them up front, you know, this is going to be a portion of your funding. And we would love to see you have other partners and we'll even help you develop other relationships because I I'm, I'm from the, from the school of it's really good for our mission partners to have a very wide base of funding rather than one church that's going to fund everything. Because, you know, if, if heaven forbid something happened to one of the churches, if they're specifically focused on one church, then it's going to hurt the missionary over overseas sure. significantly. I mean, they could lose all their funding, but if they have a very wide base of giving, whether that be in families, whether that be many other congregations or 
even businesses, then uh, I think I think that worker overseas is going to be a lot. They're going to be healthier, financially speaking. Um, oh, another thing that we try and do is that we always like to be able to to find out what our mission partner needs, and then possibly bring a team or send a team over to them. And so we we do our best not to craft a team for what Faith Baptist Church wants to do, but to craft a team on what the missionary overseas wants us wants us to do and maybe because truth be told, they've got a much bigger strategy than we know about. Yeah. And they're the ones who's gonna be um who's gonna be in this location long after we leave. And so finding out what that mission partner, what they need uh, is so important for our teams. And so, you know, another, I guess, level of our partnership that we, that I try and communicate with our missionaries is you guys are the experts where you are, you know, the language, you know, the culture, uh, our church, you know, we can learn some of those things, but as far as we're concerned, our partner on the field is the expert. We just want to come alongside and help however we can. Um, so I would say that for on-ramp, those are some good things. Another thing for on-ramp is that we do want to find out where they are theologically. And, you know, one of the, I think one of the things that I've learned, Brian, uh, in this role that I don't know that I really understood is when you visit different countries, um, whether it be Brazil or, you know, Central American countries or even over into Africa, um, just because a, a church has Baptist in the name, it doesn't mean that they are Baptistic. It doesn't necessarily mean that they uh, followed the Baptist faith and message of 2000 or, you know, even earlier on. So it's really important to press them a little bit and figure out what they, what they, what they believe. Um, there are, there are, some places in the world where when they say that they're Baptist, they don't necessarily align with us as much, maybe as another denomination would in that particular country. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's really important uh, to know what, what your partners believe. Um, and, and that's also a good opportunity to walk with them through some, some things, some theological discussions. Um, and so that, that could be an opportunity for, for your partner as well to grow in their faith and understanding. So those are a couple of things. All right. Last thing I'll ask on that, and it's uh, rather quick on that, uh, this three to five year, if you're, if you're going into this with a covenant agreement, is it, is it a sheet of paper that you are agreeing to some of those key bullets that you would say, Hey, if, if you're going to, go plant a church in Philadelphia. We're with you, but we're with you over a five-year period. And here's some of the major points that we're looking at as we exit as well. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So typically what, what I try and do is I write up some of those things just so that our communication is clear. And I have found that when folks, when they understand kind of what our expectations of our church are, and what some things that we hope from their end, such as good communication um, on their end towards us. Uh, yeah, so it's it's typically a, a sheet of paper, basically, that they sign. Um, our missions team will see. Rarely do we take that in front of our larger church congregation. This is just kind of a, you know, for our missions department. A lot of times I'll sign it yep. um, just to kind of give a little bit more weight to it but ultimately uh, ultimately there's some accountability from your side yeah. to the to your church body and from their side to the church body that's right, right. that's okay. right so yeah, ultimately that's, that's what you're that's what you're trying to get out of this uh covenant agreement of on ramps and off ramps ultimately yeah. this is what we're what we're all about that's right that's right and then usually um you know when when we see that our time is coming to an end with that partnership say and when I say coming to an end, I basically just mean financial. Like we never, we never want to be accused of just abandoning somebody, stepping away from a partner altogether. Okay. So we hope that our 
our relationships that they that they last. You know, we hope that um, our folks would continue to care for their kids, um, check on them, let them know that we're continuing to pray for them. When I say end a part end a partnership, all I simply mean is there's no more financial ex, uh, expectation. Um, if if say a planter or a missionary gets in a bind, you know, because we love that family, we want to do our best to, to care for them. Sure. Um, but typically what we'll do as, as we're kind of winding down a partnership is that we'll, we'll give, uh, we'll give them plenty of heads up six months to a year and let them know, Hey, just letting you know, uh, you're entering into, we're entering into our final year of agreement. Uh, this is kind of coming up. It's a long way off, but it's still there. And, uh, just to kind of remind everybody that we're, we're on this road and it's going somewhere. So um, let's transition to a kind of another topic uh, underneath your uh, job title. Uh, and that is as a missions, as the uh, missions minister there at faith, you have uh, some team leaders that uh, maybe go to these partners Mm-hmm. Um, internationally, nationally, or even locally that, that you're, you're over, but you're not on the ground every time that, that a, a team from Faith Baptist goes there and does right. ministry there. So uh, what are some of the things that you look for in a team member or excuse me, a team leader or volunteer in the ministry there? And um, how do you get them ready for that trip that they're going to lead or to be a part of that ministry uh, missions trip, mission trip that they're going to lead? Yeah, that's a good question. A lot of our leaders, man, I'm so fortunate at faith. We have so many good leaders who have led trips for a long time. Um, We have had one or two, I would say that in my two years have kind of come alongside Uh and started leading trips. Um, so, so for these folks, typically what has happened is that I've been on a trip with them and um, I've seen this person's heart uh, for the ministry. I've seen this person's um, ability um, in leading people. I've seen their administrative ability. And man, let's face it. I mean, anytime you go overseas and you take, even if it's a small team of three or four, like there's, <laughs> there's some administrative responsibility that you got, whether it be purchasing tickets, arranging hotel rooms, et cetera, et cetera, or even just planning the ministry. Yep. This person has to have a certain level of administrative ability. Um, so good with people, administrative ability. I would say heart for the Lord and willingness to serve are some of the most significant uh, and for, you know, for the folks who are listening, who've, who've ever been on a trip, I'm sure most of you guys have, um, like things don't always go according to plan. Sometimes you got to call an audible. Yeah. And so I look to see if that person, uh, if, if they can do that. I know some folks like, um, it's, it, it can be tough when you have to change on a fly. Um, so those are some things I think that are good qualities to have. But all that to say, you know, I think if a person has a, has a heart for the Lord, uh, a person has a desire to come alongside and serve, all of those other things can be learned. Uh, if, they, if they're really there for the betterment of the ministry that's taking place on the ground, um, I think it's going to be a good trip. You know, another thing that what, we, what I've tried to, to start doing is one of the things that, that our hope that I hope um, our church can be known for, and we've certainly uh, done some things like this in the past. But I want to, you know, I want to focus on these things more in the future. Is I want to send more teams that focus on the core missionary task, and basically the core missionary task. Um, if you were to look in the Gospels, you were to look at the Book of Acts, uh, it would focus on basically what Jesus and Paul did, going into, going into an area, um, identifying people who are lost and who need the gospel, uh, the ability to share the gospel, 
the ability to share their story, uh, as well as the ability to form these folks into groups, and Lord willing, over time, the ability to see churches started. So one of the things that, that I've tried that we have just initiated, just launched, actually was in January, is that we have quarterly weekend intensives. Um, and so four times a year, we are asking all of our team leaders, as well as all of our trip participants to go through these weekend intensives. And it's a Friday and Saturday. And, um, you know, my hope is that they will come out of those weekend intensives and have a much bigger, a much larger understanding of missions and their responsibility in it. So what are the, what are some of the key components of those intensives that uh, y'all are doing on a Friday night and a Saturday? So Brian, uh, the first night we spend a lot of time looking at the book of Acts and we spend a lot of time, well, actually over the two days, we spend a lot of time looking at the book of Acts, looking at what the apostle Paul did and what he didn't do. We'll spend a lot of time looking at the life of Jesus, what he did and didn't do. Um, we also, uh, it's kind of in a module style, style format. And so there's a session where we train our folks uh, in how to share their story, how to share their testimony okay. um, in 30 seconds to three minutes. And so our goal at the end of, one of our goals at the end of that weekend intensive is that they would know their story and that they would have an opportunity to practice and share it. The second thing is to teach our folks how to share the gospel. And for us, kind of a very simple tool that we have used, most folks are very familiar with it uh, by now, is the three, um, the three circles. And so we teach our folks uh, how to share the three circles. And it's, it's a very interactive type time. And so uh, if someone were to come to our training, uh, there would be 10 to 15 minutes of training. And then the other 20 minutes or so would be of them actually practicing it. Uh, what we've also tried to do is in, encourage our, uh, or have a harvest time where we spend time actually go out, going out into the community and practicing this. So it's not just in theory, it's uh, folks actually going out and, and practicing it. And then we talk a little bit uh, more of on a surface level of discipleship. What do you do when somebody, you know, when you're sharing your testimony and somebody says, yes, I want to follow Jesus. Like, what do you do then? Yep. Like, what is, what's the, what's the next step? Uh, who can disciple and who can't disciple? Um, what, what is it, what does it mean to be a healthy follower of Jesus? And so we try and, and take a, a brief view at some of those things. And then two to three times throughout the year, we will really focus on in, in additional weekend intensives on uh, forming groups and planting churches. So those are a couple of things that we, I have encouraged our missions participants to go through. My goal is for everybody that's going overseas on a trip, uh, without exception, that they'll be able to share their story and God's story and have practice doing it. Awesome. So, awesome. Yeah. That's good stuff. Uh, last thing before we get to um, our final segment, uh, many moons ago, I mean, many, many moons ago, you and I found ourselves over in a little stretch of the woods in a place called Booger Holla, North Carolina, a, uh, a section of the country that is uh, off the beaten path. And you and I were introduced to a, uh, a discipleship plan and uh, called T for T, or, uh, which has somewhat morphed and grown to uh, what uh, we look at today as kind of a three-thirds uh, process mm -hmm. in discipleship. Can you uh, yeah. tell our listeners about Booger Holler? No, more, more, <laughs> than, more than that, about uh, T for T and or the three-thirds discipleship process. Yeah. So they say that, that nothing, nothing, uh, nothing is ever created that is new, right? Nobody is 
nobody's reinventing the wheel. And so yeah. we had the opportunity to go visit a guy named Jeff Sundell. And um, this was from a recommendation of a friend of ours, mutual friend of ours who live overseas. And uh, this friend said, man, if you ever get a chance, you need to go visit Jeff Sundell. And so Ooh. me and you and a couple of other guys loaded up and drove to Booger Holler. And I'm thinking, you know, is this an actual place? Yeah. Uh, where in the world is this? Um, I'm thinking, but, you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking this tune is in my head of deliverance. Yeah. Dueling banjos. Yeah. Dueling banjos. Yeah. But when I, when I heard a little bit about, about this particular guy and just the work that he had been involved in, uh, I was, I was challenged to say the least. And so we loaded up, went, uh, spent, I guess it was two days, three days with Jeff Sundell. And um, he basically showed us um, what he had been doing in South Asia. And uh, it's a very simple discipleship process of sharing the gospel with folks, uh, knowing what to do when somebody says yes to following Jesus. Uh, and how to form basically small groups of those folks who say yes to following Jesus. And uh, man, I was just encouraged, challenged, uh, wanted to see if it will work in North Mississippi, Memphis. Yeah. yeah. And um, man, praise God, there's been some guys here, uh, Zach Medlock and Ron Surgeon, and those guys have done a phenomenal job of just building. It's today what they call No Place Left. It's the No Place Left Network. Um, but Jeff, Jeff showed us some tools that were very reproducible. Um, and, and I think from the beginning, Jeff helped us to understand, you know, this is just, it's just a process. Like you can't, you can't put the tools in concrete and say, this is what you've got to do. But he really helped us to think through this is just a, a discipleship pattern for disciples who make disciples who make disciples, you know, and that's, that's nothing new uh, under, under the sun. So it, it, it isn't new under the sun. It works. And yeah. you have taken that from uh, 2007, 2009, whenever that trip over to Booger Hollow, North Carolina. Mm. And uh, that's what, is one of the key factors, I think, what's driving you and your yeah. uh, team there at Faith Baptist today. Absolutely. You know, uh, I mentioned the core missionary task earlier. And, uh, man, there are so many good that can be doing as churches. Um, there are so many wonderful works that we can, we can be involved in. Um, but the needs are so great. And I think it's really important for all of our churches, all of our teams to ask, what, what is the greatest thing that we can be involved in? And, um, you know, I, I, I believe that that's the core missionary task. Uh, you know, if God allows it to happen, seeing new churches started, um, you know, because when a new church is birthed, they can carry the mantle for a lot of the, the ministries that our churches like, like to do now, such as feeding the hungry. Um, you know, the incredible ministry of, of orphan care, which is, you know, a wonderful thing. You know, I don't know how many orphans there are in India, but what I do know is that we need more churches to take on more orphans in India, Come on. right? Yeah. And uh, it, so when I say the core missionary task, that, that's basically what I mean. You know, you, you did mention too earlier, Brian, about um, the three-thirds process. Basically, all the three-thirds process is, is that it's a, it's a format for a Bible study or for a, a meeting. Basically, it's uh, the Cliff Notes version is looking back, what did God do this past week, uh, looking up. Uh, how have you been spending time with God uh, in your, your own personal devotional time? And then looking forward, uh, what do you plan to do this next week? And, and it's got some other really important elements in that time, such as care, 
what I just explained is really pastoral care. Yeah. Um, just really caring for, for people. Um, but then also vision casting, uh, learning a new lesson, spending time in worship, in prayer. And, um, you know, so basically it's the three thirds process is just a process for a very simple reproducible Bible study. And one of the things that I've learned about the three thirds is that, uh, it, you, it's easily transferable. You can use the three-thirds process in a meeting, in a, in a counseling conversation, mm-hmm. as we're meeting with folks and as they're sharing struggles. Um, you know, the, the caring for people, it's never going to go away. Uh, the praying for people, you know, we all need to be doing that. Uh, casting vision, maybe giving them some things to think through or to consider before we meet with them again, those kind of things. So three-thirds process is a is an incredible tool for ministry. And if our folks don't know what it is, I would encourage them uh, to check it out. Um, they can check that out uh, in its somewhat infancy form through a, a book uh, called T for T. And uh, then uh, also can uh, find out through the No Place uh, Left movement yep. and uh, find them online. There's a number of those uh, that are that have popped up in the states in different cities and uh, and a part of that network. So and if uh, there's some, yeah, and if there's some folks who want to connect with me, I'm more than happy uh, to connect with them. That and, is a great segue because we have now come to my final segment of the podcast. It is called the faves. At the beginning of the interview, you told us about yourself, your family, how you got to faith. You introduced yourself. At the end of this interview, I want our listeners to uh, to know some of your favorites. And before I start that, uh, tell us how you can be found in the social media world. Is there a Twitter handle? Is there a Facebook handle? Instagram, Snapchat? Well, I don't know what all they are. Uh, how can we find you? Uh, man, I'm just thinking through, man, there are so many different social media. <laughs> TikTok, you didn't mention TikTok. <laughs> TikTok, oh, we're TikToking. Let's oh, go. No, this no, I'm not. go t- video instead I'm, of just audio. We're about to make a TikTok video. Come on. <laughs> no, so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm the old dude here. So I, sometimes I'll update Facebook. So I'm just Jay Lemons, uh, on my Facebook, L-E-M-O-N-D-S. Um, and I, I think it's at Jay Lemons for, on Instagram. So, all right, yeah. there's, yeah. there's two, I will put those in the show notes as well. And if I can find any TikTok handle that he has, uh, listeners, please know you'll know it as well. Let's hope nothing's out there. Yeah, let's, you better <laughs> hope there's nothing out there. Uh, Jay Lemons, here we go. Faves. What are your favorites? What's your favorite book outside of the Bible? Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite book. Oh my goodness. Hey Jay, just how do you narrow down to just supposed to be kind of rapid fire? Rapid fire. All right. Sorry. Rapid Rapid fire. fire. So I'll just say the first thing comes to my mind. Uh, Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer. A.W. Tozer's Pursuit of God. What is your favorite book in the Bible? Hmm. First Peter. I'm reading it right now. Love some first Peter because it's what you're reading right now. I've never heard that answer before. Whatever I'm reading right now. Man, you it's know, all good. It's all good. It's all good. Um, I don't even want to ask this next one because we're going to fight. But uh, what's your favorite sports team? Ooh. See, I'm complicated, man. It all depends on the sport. I'll go with I'll go with uh, the Duke Blue Devils. That's why we're going to fight because I do not like in any way, shape, form, or fashion any sport that the Duke Blue Devils participate in because I'm a Carolina fan. And I'm going to heaven. Uh, what is your uh, favorite food? A favorite food? I'll say Japanese. Love some Japanese, uh, yeah, wasabi and, mm-hmm. uh, and some ginger stuff. There we go. Uh, what's your uh, favorite show? That my you- favorite show. Oh, my goodness. Uh, building in Alaska. There we go. Uh, you got a favorite podcast outside of the Accelerator podcast? Uh, you know, man, I've listened a lot to Michael Hyatt here recently. Okay. Uh, I've also listened to Sermon Index. I love hearing 
old preachers, whether it be A.W. Tozier or J. Oswald Smith, guys like that. So I, I love love those kind of podcasts. Old guys, old guys. I'm also sorry. Desiring God. I've, I've listened to a number of Piper sermons here recently, uh-huh. and uh, man, love me some John Piper. I am uh, going to give you one right now, Brave Hearted Voices. If you don't know that podcast, you need to, uh, if you like old guys to listen to sermon-wise, Brave Hearted Voices. Got a, uh, a soldier with a suit of armor and a sword on it, Brave Hearted Voices. Um, what is Jay Lemon's favorite vacation spot? Ooh, that's tough. Yeah, mountains, uh, I'll, mountains I'll, or ocean or somewhere in between. Summer, it's the beach. Fall, it's the mountains. Come on, come on. Uh, and Jay Lemons gets to do whatever Jay Lemons wants to do for one day. Doesn't matter where it is in the world, but Jay, if Jay could have one day to do whatever Jay wanted to do, what would we see Jay doing? Hmm. Is this a location? Is this a vacation spot or is this just whatever? Whatever. Oh my goodness. It's probably spending time with my family, either going on a hike or uh, just hanging around the house. Um, I've taken an affinity to recovering Bibles. So when I get bored, that's kind of what I go to. So I recover some Bibles. Uh, I I preach out of one of those Bibles that he recovered every Sunday. Thoroughly enjoyed. Did a great job. Did Sweet. a great job. So uh, love spending time with my family. Love being active, whether it go whether it be go fishing or go on a hike with the family, spending time with friends, those kind of things. So good stuff, uh, Jay Lemons. I appreciate your time today. You have given us some great insights, some great items that we can put into practice in the ministries that God has called us to. Thank you for uh, coming on. Thank you for being a friend. Look forward to it. See you you soon again. My pleasure. Thanks so much for the opportunity. We hope that you've been encouraged by today's podcast. For more information on church planning, visit the 242 Network on the web at 242network.com.